When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. So let me go to Dublin and speak to Amanda Ferguson. Amanda, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Get a sense this morning that Sinn Féin are kicking themselves that they didn't stand more candidates? Yes, I imagine they would do. You know, the threshold of former government is 80 and they only have 40, 42 in the mix. Uh, but, you know, no doubt they're absolutely delighted with uh, how, how things are progressing and they would have nothing to fear from a second election if that was uh, to come to pass. They're doing exceptionally well. I think 14 Fine Gael, 16 Fianna Foyle, 29 Sinn Féin and the others maybe with a, you know, a, just a, a few seats between them, about a dozen or maybe 15 seats a bit, bit between them. What's the next step for Mary Lou? On the news, a suggestion that she's trying, still trying to possibly become uh, Taoiseach. Is it likely or is it, is it unlikely? Is it more likely to be Fianna Foil with Sinn Féin. It's not impossible for, for Mary Lou to be Taoiseach, but I imagine that it'll, it'll work out some sort of arrangement between uh, Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin. That's, uh, you know, that we have to wait for all the seats to come in, but it's looking as if um, Sinn Féin will be somewhere towards the late 30s um, and that Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, uh, well, Fianna Fáil will be somewhere in the, in the, in the 40s and that, uh, you know, Sinn Féin may be the second biggest party. So, you know, essentially over the last 100 years, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael have taken it in turns to govern um, and now instead of it being the big two, it's the big three. And this really does have implications uh, for Northern Ireland because we all know that Northern Ireland is, um, you know, part of the UK. Uh, for now, that Sinn Féin is the second uh, biggest party here; that it's the only sort of major uh, party with uh, representation in both jurisdictions on the island. So Mary Lou Macdonald will uh, look first. Uh, she says to to working with uh, those sort of progressive left wing voices, uh, but she has left the door open to to be talking to anybody, which is which is probably the right thing to do because I think when the the exit poll came uh, came in. Um, uh, you know, it was clear that it was a three-way tie, which does uh, make it very hard to see how any government could be formed. Uh, but I suppose that once uh, we have the lie of the land, maybe tomorrow, by tomorrow, we'll know a little better. And then it could take weeks uh, of negotiations and conversations to take place uh, for government to be formed. And if it's not possible for that to happen, which Leo Varadkar has sort of hinted at last night, that he, he thinks it would be very difficult for a government to be formed. And um, then if there was a second election, I'd imagine that uh, there'll be a lot more Sinn Féin candidates standing that time. You can't help but think how ironic it is listening to especially Leo Varadkar to a lesser extent Micheál Martin and indeed to those who represent the strategy within Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael who who have been appearing on television over the weekend about how they see Sinn Féin as caustic, how they see Sinn Féin as not to be touched uh, yet all their 
adamant that Sinn Féin is in government in Northern Ireland? Well, this is the thing, you know, whenever, whenever they were going into the, the campaign, the override very much wanted to focus on the gains made in the Brexit process and on the economy, whereas the, the people were actually focused on housing and health. Um, and crime and, and pensions and those issues, they weren't overly interested in the, you know, the wins that were made uh, during the Brexit process. But I spoke to uh, Fine Gael last night and I said to them, you know, if you don't believe that Sinn Féin is fit for government uh, in this jurisdiction, then why do you not give uh, Northerners the option to, to vote for you in elections in the North? And they didn't really have an answer for me on that one. And they're going to have to find an answer soon. But I think that 20 years on from the Good Friday Agreement, we are in a change in landscape. You know, Sinn Féin is, is going to be a major presence on both sides of the border, and we could find ourselves in the in a scenario where, you know, if there is a coalition of some description between Fianna Fáil and, and Sinn Féin, there's the option, the, the, the possibility that Sinn Féin could be the... Uh, Tonister role or the Department of Foreign Affairs, you know, something like that. And then that obviously changes the dynamic for, for North-South relations. One of the first people to be elected by Sinn Féin, I think the first guy who was elected, the people around him sang, come out you black and tans. That was the, the song they, they, they sang as soon as his, uh, his vote was, was announced. And a very short time after it, more Sinn Féin people were announced. And it, it seemed like as if there was an edict handed down from probably Mary Lou saying, no more singing. This is not what we're, this is not what we're doing today. Yes, well, we know that the black and tans uh, became an issue uh, for Fine Gael around the, the commemorations that were planned for the RIC. So that had become something that um, you know was a talking point during the campaign, and that that some people thought would would lose um, Fine Gael support. Obviously, perhaps not amongst its own traditional support base, but those uh, voters that, that sway their way. But I think that that was an example of how um, North and South we have to be more sensitive. We have to look at uh, people's views, how they uh, express themselves. Uh, and perhaps be a bit more cognizant of that, but that wasn't um, that wasn't the sort of uh, flow of the day. That was a sort of isolated incident, um, and then the rest of the day was um, about celebration for Champion because you know they didn't expect this um, surge to happen. You know anyone anyone who was paying close attention to what was happening in Northern Ireland's elections would have seen that the sort of um, toxic uh, way of, of attacking Sinn Féin d- doesn't play well with voters, that it doesn't work anymore, that um, you know having its uh, links with the IRA uh, front and centre um, doesn't seem to have the impact um, with the electorate um, that it used to. You know, it's not the, the 80s and 90s uh, or anymore. Um, and I think that maybe lessons can be learned from that. But certainly it's very interesting times because uh, nobody expected Sinn Féin to, to top the poll. You know, the, the Sinn Féin candidates were, were out polling the, the T-shirt, they were out polling the Tanishta um, and uh, the Fianna Fáil leader. Um, and of course, uh, we don't, um, you know, we don't dismiss the fact that um, the, the party is power, you know, if it's been in, in power for a term or two, uh, there's always going to be unrest. And I just think that, um, you know, the, the housing issue, homelessness, um, people uh, not seeing the, the sort of... Uh, the, the positive uh, benefits of the economy booming in Ireland. You know, people in their 30s still living with their parents, not being able to afford to buy a home. People having to leave um, Ireland to, to move elsewhere, um, you know, to, to, to build up money for a house deposit. Um, it, you know, that just was never going to be a sustainable uh, position. And I think that the the public has been punished in that way. And you know, if you look internationally, um, you know, uh, people are talking a lot about you know populist movements, um, and we've seen across Europe um, maybe a swing to the right. Whereas in Ireland, it's been this 
wing to the left and, and Sinn Féin certainly wouldn't be as, as left wing as some of maybe the smaller um, parties uh, within Ireland, but it's certainly on that side of the spectrum. So I think that um, we are in for another interesting day today. Uh, we get exactly what the seat numbers are and then we know what we're dealing with and then the talking commences. And I, I know that Fine, Fine Gael have, have dismissed again. Um, you know, that they have said, no, we, we won't enter um, into a government um, with uh, Sinn Féin, whereas Fianna Fáil have perhaps been a little um, less direct on that uh, because they realise that, um, you know, you can't, um, you can't dismiss the, the, the will of people and Sinn Féin have, have had a... Like, outstanding performance. Outstanding, absolutely. Um, Amanda, thank you very much indeed. Amanda Ferguson in Dublin. I want to speak to uh, David McCann, who's uh, very much a presenter with Slugger TV. He's a lecturer. He's uh, across all things political. Uh, David, good morning. Morning, Frank. David, I think it'll be fair enough to say that the electorate in the South, many of whom are voting for uh, Sinn Féin, uh, could hardly uh-huh. explain to you who the provisional IRA were. That was, they, they wouldn't be aware of the provisionals the yeah. way that we're constantly reminded of them in Northern Ireland. No, yeah, and, and, as, uh, and as Amanda has just, uh, has just uh, said there, um, that... That that attack, that critique, is, will have diminishing currency the further you get away from uh, the troubles. Um, so again, if you're in Southern Ireland, I mean, there will be many people voting in this election who were born in 1998, 1999, the year 2000, and, and year 2001. Uh, many of those people would never have experienced um, uh, the, the IRA, would never have seen, would never have seen anything of the IRA. And particularly, good Sinn Féin stronger support. It's typically in the younger demographics, although they did make bigger inroads into some older age groups in this election as well. I mean, essentially, essentially, as has been pointed out, uh, Sinn Féin's rise is very much on uh, domestic bread and butter issues around housing, healthcare, um, and issues such as that. I know the pension, uh, the pension uh, increase was uh, was a big issue as well um, in this election. So Sinn Féin have have done very well in terms of bringing forward a, a new generation. So it's not just time uh, marching on. They brought forward a new generation with people like Mary Lou McDonald leading the party, but you've equally got behind her Pierce Doherty, who's the finance spokesperson, and Owen O'Brien, who's been their housing spokesperson. And, and people, like, uh, people like, uh, like that have really helped Sinn Féin uh, really turn it around in the last year, because it's hard to believe this time... Last year, Sinn Féin were in the doldrums electorally. They were uh, they got a drubbing in the May local and European elections, and now they've they've been able to turn that around within six months. So it's, it's quite incredible. So the counting is complete in thirteen of the thirty nine constituencies. Uh, Twenty six counts uh, will continue today. Seventy eight out of the hundred and sixty seats, I think, are already filled, and, and Sinn Féin uh, are definitely the success story in, in this, this election, but surprised themselves, obviously, because they would have stood more candidates yeah. if they had been expecting to do as well as this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because, you know, as we go up to, as, even, even into this new year, Sinn Féin were expected to lose between five and eight, eight seats. Between five and eight seats was the expectation that they would lose. Then the campaign started, and within about ten days of that, a surge began to kick in. Um, now, in fairness to Sinn Féin party strategists, they would have selected their candidates uh, months ago, and, and like any party strategist has to make a decision based on the information that's in front of them. So Sinn Féin were obviously bracing for a kind of save the furniture type election, um, and unfortunately, unfortunately for, for, uh, for Sinn Féin, 
they've probably maybe, by not running more candidates in the election, they've probably maybe left about five to six seats out there that they could have won. If you take a look at some of the seats that they were elected on, Mary Lou Macdonald, for example, got nearly two quotas herself. Um, and other Sinn Féin candidates were elected on two quotas as well. So there's about five or six seats uh, that they potentially could have won um, uh, if, they had, if they had had more candidates. But again, it, uh, as Amanda was saying to you earlier as well, uh, there is, it's going to be very difficult to get a government out of this. Um, so there is the potential for a second election, which is not unprecedented um, in Irish political history. There have been, there have been many governments that have not lasted uh, a few months and, and a second election held within a year. Uh, on that, if there was to be a second election, especially if Sinn Féin weren't to be given the kudos at this moment in time that they would argue that they richly deserve, if there was a second election and they stood more candidates, could, could they absolutely clean up next time around? Um, well, okay, so if you take a look at where they're going to come this time, they're probably going to win somewhere between 35 and 37 seats at the minute. So I, I just told you about the six seats that they've potentially um, left on the field. So that would bring them up to about 42, 43 seats. That would make them, if Fianna Fáil held their ground, um, which, uh, which they may not, that would potentially either make them tied with Fianna Fáil or potentially give them a seat or two edge over Fianna Fáil. Um, so that was so, so. So they would either be the joint largest party or the largest party overall. The only problem is, Frank, it's eighty seats to form a government. You know, the, the Irish political system is different from the British political system in that the doll have to convene and elect the Taoiseach and the cabinet before the president can appoint them. So the British system is a bit different in terms of the prime minister can chance their arm and and wait until the House of Commons defeats them. But the Irish system is different. The parliament has to elect the Taoiseach first. So so again, it's it's the magic number of 80. How do you get to that number uh, to, to get elected or how do you work out an arrangement where one major party can abstain and not vote against your election as Taoiseach? That's going to be the key thing. Um, and uh, and you have, uh, you have uh, coalition negotiations that are very much conducted in the public sphere because politicians are doorstepped and they're interviewed constantly about how they're progressing. So it took about 70 days before the last Irish government was formed in 2016. So 70 days. So it'll be interested to see can they do it in a quicker time or potentially do all the parties walk away and say, we can't, we can't make a government work and we have to go back to the people. There is the slimmest of slim chances that still exists that Mary Lou Macdonald could be the Taoiseach. She's probably more likely to be the Taunishta. How, how, would, that, how, how would that impact here in, in Northern Ireland? How'd that go down with unionists? Well, I'd imagine some unionists would have some concern. There are some unionists I have been speaking to uh, within the Ulster Unionists and the DUP, and I was actually surprised in the, in the, uh, during, the, during the last week there. I was actually surprised how kind of sanguine they were about it. They weren't, told, they weren't completely fussed about it. Um, you know, the, 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 their attitude is, well, they're back in the Assembly and it's up to them to kind of make the, the, the Northern Ireland Assembly um, work. The interesting thing will be, if Sinn Féin get into government and they're a major player in that government, do they, if they don't show progress, maybe on the unity file, uh, do some of those supporters that they have get disillusioned with them? Do, do, do you get some sort of restlessness uh, there? Because it, it's one thing to get the mandate, and Sinn Féin have a broad mandate now, but once you've got the mandate, particularly in the South, people are going to start looking to you to do something with it. And again, Sinn Féin saw 
a Sinn Féin paid a penalty at the last local elections because there was a narrative around that Sinn Féin had this big sweep in the 2014 local elections and their, their, their large council group didn't really do enough with the mandate they were given. So again, Sinn Féin, Sinn Féin, whilst they've had a great day and that is unquestionably a success for them, they're going to need, if they are in government, they're going to need to show delivery on some of the key issues. Not really Irish unity, but in terms of housing, the health, um, but in terms of the wider narrative for the party, um, if they can show some progress on the unity file, maybe by setting up pre- planning preparations, for example, within the Irish government about that, um, that could be something that they could point to as a big win. OK, uh, David, thank you very much indeed. Uh, David McCann, Alex kane has been watching this all weekend. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Obviously. Um, Alex, how much did Sinn Féin surprise you? I have to say, they surprised me a lot, Frank, because I didn't expect them to do... I didn't expect them to crash and burn. There were some views at the beginning. David mentioned it there at the beginning of the campaign when the Sinn Féin guys were doing the numbers the decision was made that they, they could. I think he used the phrase, you know, saving the furniture or something like that. And, and that's about right. There was this sense that maybe there were five, six seats vulnerable. They could drop on a not a good day. They could drop down to maybe 20. On a reasonably good day, they might, if they got lucky, push it up to, you know, 25, 26 or something like that. They have you know, not only have they surprised all of us, they surprised themselves enormously. And, and you'll get some people saying, oh, this was always obvious. This was always coming. This, this tsunami of support was always there for Sinn Féin. If it had always been there for Sinn Féin, they would have failed the turmoil candidates and they might now be in a position not only to be the largest party in terms of votes, but they would also be the largest party in terms of seats. So in one sense, they missed a trick there. But apart from that, they did X. Extraordinarily well, confounded just about everyone. And I always say in elections that the most important people to confound in elections are your own side. If you're going to surprise anyone, surprise your own side by actually doing much, much better than even they thought you were going to do. So all, all in all for them, it, it, I can't take it away from them. It was a brilliant day for them. Everything went right. Who do you see as the next Taoiseach? Will it be me, Hall Martin, in some understanding with with Sinn Féin? Could it be Mary Lou, along with a, a lot of left wing type individuals and, and small groups? Uh, how do you see it panning out? 
I, I, I don't think there are enough uh, uh, seats there for, for Sinn Féin for Mary Lou to build that because uh, they're coming back 35, 37, and 40-odd seats behind. I'm not even sure there are that many available. The Greens would be maybe just a little bit reluctant. A lot of those independents, Frank, they, the demands they make tend to be constituency demands and they can be very, very hard to hold in place for long periods because, you know, the slightest wee thing upsets them or they get what they want in their way again. Also, I think with, with, with Sinn Féin, if they're going to go in this time, um, they've done well. I still think they'd rather go in with someone else as Taoiseach simply because there's a bit of wriggle room or manoeuvre. If something goes wrong, they can give themselves a bit of distance of walking space uh, and so on. So, yeah, my I, before I think you asked me before the... Um, the election, what my, my hunch was in terms of T-shirt, and I said I thought it would be um, Michael Martin, with a, obviously with a better number than he seems to have gathered. I thought he would be around the 50 mark, maybe slightly over that, but um, I would still, if there's going to be a government and there's no certainty in that whatsoever, but if there is going to be a government, then I think it's likely that it will be um, led by Michael Martin. Um, the best thing, well, if you look at the numbers, you know, he's 45, 46, like that, Sinn Féin is 35. They would have a, between them, they would have a majority, a, a, a reasonably stable, strong majority. And if, if he's mad keen on being Taoiseach and looking at the election figures, Sinn Féin, the Féin file didn't do well. They expected to do much better. They, their minimum was, uh, was 51, 52. They actually thought that was, they did fell well below that. That will worry them that, you know, as David says, they can have, you know, between 70, maybe even 100 days, try to get something together. That don't, that their big question is, if we don't, Michael Martin's only question right now is this. If I do not form a government, even if it means forming that government with uh, Sinn Féin, and we're into a second election, what are the chances that I will come back with an enhanced uh, uh, position? Because the reality is, and this one, Fiona Foy lost, they, they, they fell back. They, they're, I think they could end up more or less the same number of seats, or maybe one or two more than they got last time. That is not progress for them. With regards to Northern Ireland, Alex, and the picture that we saw so many times of the Secretary of State and the Tanishta together, particularly Julian Smith and Simon Coveney, if, if in the, the future we see the Secretary of State and Mary Lou Macdonald, how, how does that play out in terms of the British and Irish government being like guiding lights for what's happening in, in Northern Ireland? Well, the, the British and Irish were certainly very um, um, constructive in the, in, the, in the political strategic sense in, in getting this, this, this last deal over the line. And that, that deal has enormous problems, as we can see. There are huge uh, difficulties there. I'm not so sure that in the event, I mean, I talked to a unionist last night who, who, who feared that, you know, the, um, Mary Lou could come back as the... the um, Foreign minister, which would mean um, she would be the one, you know, when the, the union sat down for any government talks or there was any crisis in the process, it would be um, whoever. The, and we don't even know if it's going to be Julian Smith. There's a cabinet reshuffle tomorrow, but it could be Julian Smith and somebody from Sinn Fein. That is something I think odd enough. I think Sinn Fein wouldn't go down that path. They, they, their tail is very much up in the Unity Project. They want to push it. They want to push it gently, as the figures would suggest. I mean, they got. 25%, brilliant result for them, but it still means that in, in, in hard terms, uh, that's a minority who, who are prioritising um, 
border pole and Irish unity any time soon down there. So I think they would might not that they. I think David mentioned green paper set up the structures, look at the machinery. That's already odd enough. People have forgotten that's in in Fianna Fáil's manifesto that they would set up something to work towards a green paper in the event of a United Ireland border pole being called. You could segue both of those. You could segue Sinn Féin's position and Fianna Fáil's position on that. They could come up with some sort of structure where um, they could prepare for the eventuality of a possible border poll. And Mary Lou's already said before the election that she, her preferred date was 2025. A lot of people seem to think she'd said earlier that no, she actually said sometime in 2025. So again, put that in the mix. That it, so the thing for you, Dennis Frank, is and it's not that they need to be frightened because the the, the border polls, we don't know what it would deliver at this point, and nobody saw most. I, I don't think I, I think with turns with one or two exceptions, nobody saw what was coming in terms of of, of this result. Uh, there's a fight there, and it'll unions will be worried. They don't have the majority in the assembly. They don't have a majority in Belfast City Council. They don't have the majority of Westminster anymore. Their concern now is, you know, is this an, it's another hit. They will say it is a hit. They will try and be sanguine and say, oh well, you know, oh well, we're not too fussed. We're not too worried. I know the word. I know the word because I know that this is something um, that across unionism. They're beginning to wonder at what point, you know, when you keep losing elections, frankly, do don't do as well as you expect, and Sinn Féin do better than you expect, then people do begin to say, are we going to lose this? If there was a border poll, would we actually lose it? And I think if nothing else, what this election results should do, and you've heard me say this before, unionism needs to sit down and think to itself, right, if Sinn Féin's in government, that's it. if Sinn Féin's in government in the north, what are they likely to do? What will they prioritise? They're not going to go hell being a mad for a border poll next week. What are they likely to do? And then you prepare your responses to that rather than sitting there going, oh, this won't happen, that can't happen, this mustn't happen. I just think maybe, maybe it'll bring some clarity of strategy and, and opinion. Because David, I heard him say that yeah, he spoke to some people who were uh, fairly sanguine. Sanguine's not the word I would use in a case like this. I think that they're not going to go run out, you know, either do the town crier Pompeii moment, you know, anything like that. But I know, I know that deep down there's a lot of concern about the, the direction of travel. Because let's face it, well, I I remember saying, you know, almost like a jokey tweet a couple of weeks ago, you know, oh, it's not impossible, you know, just still unlikely, but it's impossible maybe Mary Lou will get to make the first call. And it was a sort of throwaway just based on opinion polls. Now, the response of most units was, oh, they, they, they're they not feeding enough candidates to become the largest party, like, which they have. And anyway, there's no way that Michael Martin would ever do a deal with them and bring them into government. And now we have... Um, Fianna Foyle figures quietly briefing that if the figures are right and if the mood of the country is right and so on that they would certainly consider the possibility of talks. That's a huge shift in just two weeks and again that will worry unionism. If people are going to buy into a border poll however a a positive outcome for for Miri Lou she's going to have to along with the government in the south cure the ills because it's not like as if they're saying come and join a country that's booming. This is a country that has serious problems for example with housing and health. Oh, and I think that's the key to all of this, and I think that's something that those who are opposed to a border poll and unity, and that's on both sides of the border. This, no, you know, when the border, well, opinion polls in the south say that, you know, when you ask people, uh, I'm reasonably comfortable, George, say they would like, you know, yeah, that they, they like the idea of United Ireland. When you ask them about, well, do you mean how soon they become much more, well, let's see, and you're right, that's going to be the key thing here, Frank, because. 
Mary Lou has done well. If she gets into government, they're going to be Sinn Féin ministers. They are going to be judged. They're going to be judged. They will have to make compromises because they can't. No, no government. If, if, it's, if it's Michael Martin, they can't just turn around and go, "Oh, here I can. Here's a few billion you need, Mary Lou, to get what what you need." That's gonna not gonna happen. They're gonna have to make compromises on homelessness. They're gonna have to make compromises on housing. They're gonna have to make compromises on various forms of tax. And in those. Um, you know, compromises that that could hurt a small party, and we've seen that small parties tend to come out of coalitions worse than they went in, simply because in some cases they just get the worst ministries because you know you let them take the hit. But the other thing I think is crucial in this: as soon as these ministers get into government and have to sign some sort of deal, you know, assuming that they do, and it was with Fianna Fáil, they then get judged. Sinn Féin policies come under a microscope in a way they've never been under a microscope before because even up here we've seen that it, it's it's not really a collective form of government here. It's, it's much harder to measure and it's two competing identities. In the South, if Sinn Féin are in government in the South, then what the ministers will do for the first time will be will be scrutinised, will be really, won't just be passing looking at it and they won't be able to say, oh, well, the United Ireland... They will actually. Well, hang on. Where's the promise of the of the? You said there'd be more taxes. Where are the new houses? Where's this? Where's that? And I think that for Sinn Féin, if they go into government, I think that will be a much much bigger task for them, Frank, because it will bring in the well. How how good would you be in the event of United Ireland? But also brings in the question: How good would you actually be in government? And a lot of people down south have never seen Sinn Féin in government, so they they might be in for a. A shock, whether it's a rude shock or a good shock, we don't know, but I think they would be in for a shock. Okay, uh, analysis from uh, Alex, thank you. Alex Kane, indeed, thanks to David and Amanda as well. The counting is ongoing, of course. The, there, there's more counting to be done and a heck of a lot of horse trading. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.